Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. That's the highlight, I believe, of today's gospel passage in John 14. As we approach Ascension Day this Thursday, and of course uh, the Sunday after Ascension on Sunday, we're going to be transferring the Feast of Ascension to Sunday, um, because the Lutherans actually have a, uh, Lakewood Lutheran School has an event going on. And so... um, We'll be having a midday service at noon, but most, most of that mostly will be transferring to Sunday. But what is this peace that Jesus speaks of? What's the word bring up in your own minds? Is it images of hippies and tie-dye wearing that broken cross symbol? Is it a cessation of violence? Is it the end of war? the end of terror, and everything that comes with it. Thank God most of us, with some exceptions, have never seen war or its devastating effects. But as a young man and a boy, I remember talking with those grandfatherly figures in my home parish in Huron about their service in World War II, in Korea, and then later on in Vietnam. I had a great uncle who I remember meeting when I was very young, who carried with him the wounds of war from being struck in his Sherman tank. The the shell pierced the tank and rattled around it for a while, and yet he walked away, but was crippled and was crippled for life. Even after the cessation of wars, that is, earthly peace, for those men there was not peace, Wounds continued to exist, physical, mental, and emotional. And in some small way in comparison, we all experience those wounds in life. When we talk about peace, the peace that passes all understanding, we're talking about a peace that's not just a cessation of violence or just a cessation of um, those terrible things that we go through. But we're talking about something more, a peace of mind and a peace of the heart, which is more than just the absence of war and anxiety. I was reading an article just two weeks ago, perhaps you saw it, it was in lots of different uh, outlets, I think I read it on Bloomberg, that in a study, there was a study conducted by the University of Bath, and they found that avoiding social media for just a week dramatically lowers depression and anxiety. Isn't that interesting? Why is there such a lack of peace in the hearts and minds of Christians? I ask that of you. And I ask that of myself. In today's Gospel reading, I do not think that it's coincidental that Jesus reassures the disciples that the gift of heavenly peace, godly peace, directly accompanies the Holy Spirit. The coming of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 26 in today's Gospel passage. uh, You can open up to John 14 in your Bibles, verse 26, or it's on the back of your Scripture insert. 
Jesus says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I have said to you. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no chance of having heavenly peace. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no chance of having heavenly peace. And when Jesus speaks of peace in verse 27, he says that specifically, my peace, when he talks about this peace. Look at verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. What is my peace there? If you never thought about it, it's actually quite profound. Wouldn't you like to have the peace that God has? Think about that for a minute. God Almighty, the peace that He has, wouldn't that be something that you'd like to have? Jesus is fully God and fully man. Therefore, He is giving them not just heavenly peace, but truly the peace of God. Godly peace is his gift. How could he do this? Well, because he's sending them that third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, who is his peace to them and his protector. That word helper can also be translated protector or guardian. And as we know, the Holy Spirit will not only be with the disciples, but in them on Pentecost, indwelling them. And the first thing the Holy Spirit brings, and he brings many things, those are innumerable, but the first thing I want to talk about is that he brings with his presence in the Christian life a peace of the mind. A peace of the mind. Look at what Jesus says. The Holy Spirit will teach you and bring to remembrance the things that Jesus said. How assuring that must have been to the disciples. You know, it's easy for us to look back on them and say they had it all together. But if you read the Gospels, you know that's not true. Even if you read the book of Acts, you know that that's not true. And here Jesus is reassuring them that even though he's going to be ascending into heaven, even though he's going to be leaving them, he is sending this person to lead them and to remind them. I've thought uh, once in a while about um, St. Matthew, St. Luke, and St. John, and St. Mark, and what it must have been like to write down the Gospels. Do you ever think about that? Again, something we take for, got, for granted, that we can just crack open the Bible and look at the Gospels. But what must it have been like for them to have to write the Gospels and recall the preachings of Jesus? You know, it's intimidating for anyone standing in the pulpit exposing God's Word, right? Revealing God's Word, teaching God's Word to a congregation. Can you imagine being the instrument through which the Holy Spirit writes his word to his people? Whoa! And yet that's what they're called to in the early church. How are these very flawed men, if you read about them in the Bible, going to be the pillars of the new Israel, the church? Well, Jesus' words are reassuring. This is an assurance of peace and it's assurance of peace of mind that he will give to them that which they need to know. And he does. Praise God. 
Secondly, there's a piece of the heart that Jesus promises. Look at the second half. It's almost the, 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 the last third there of verse 27. He says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you, do, do I give to you. So there's a contrast, right? But then look at the next part. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. What's Jesus saying here? He's saying, I'm going to give you a peace of heart, too. Not just to know the things you need to know in your mind, but the heart. The heart to live them out in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why are your hearts troubled, he asks them. Well, he's leaving them. Actually, he doesn't ask them. He responds to that. He's reading their mind. Because the Lord has told them here that he's going away. But he tells them earlier in this chapter, I will not leave you as orphans. Can you imagine how they must have felt? The anxiety, that sinking feeling that Jesus, who they've learned at and walked around with and been taught so many things, is going to leave them. Again, things that we don't necessarily think about, right? And yet, sometimes we struggle with them. Sometimes we feel like God is not near. The human heart is designed to be in relationship. When Aristotle famously says that men are by nature political animals, he means that we belong in community, that we belong in the city, that that's part of who we are as human beings. If I had longer today, I'd relate to you a bunch of things about what I think is going on in Revelation 21. By the way, I don't think it's coincidental in our second lesson, that the temple is in the city of God and not a garden. But that's another sermon. We know from Genesis that men and women are created to be in relationship with God, a relationship that's broken by sin. And at this point in the Gospel, according to St. John, Jesus is about to go to the cross to restore the path to that relationship through himself. Observant readers of Scripture well, note that Jesus often uses the word peace at important times. One of Bridget, my daughter's favorite stories that we read at night, is that passage where Jesus is asleep and the disciples are out on the sea and the waves are coming up. The one with the boat, Bridget. And Jesus stands up. And what does he say? Peace. Be still. Peace. Be still. Here Jesus is about to go to the cross. And what does he say? My peace I give to you. Once Jesus is resurrected, he appears later in John's Gospel before all the disciples gathered in chapter 20. And what is the first word out of his mouth? Peace. 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 In the Greek, erene, or in the Hebrew, shalom, is so much more than a cessation of violence or turmoil, but it's a being still, a being secure, being in the presence of God. Today's Rogation Sunday, the Sunday where we look towards uh, three days this week where we beseech God for His good gifts and we know that He's pleased to give His children good gifts. Peace of mind and peace of the heart are two of those gifts. 
The Apostle James reminds us that we have not because we ask not in James chapter 4, verse 3. And he also says that sometimes we receive, we do not receive because we ask with wrong motives. We complain a great deal about how we desire peace. We long for peace. We lament its lack in our own lives and in the world. In Ukraine, in the persecutions in Nigeria, in crime-ridden communities all over our country, we pray for peace, rightfully so. But do we ask for peace in our hearts and minds as Christians? I come back to that initial question, why are we so unsettled? Why are we so troubled as Christians throughout our work week? The peace that the world cannot give can never bring inner peace to you. Even if all wars were to cease and all violence to stop, humanity would not have that peace. But we've been promised as Christians a deeper peace. A peace of individual hearts and minds. Pastor and commentator D.A. Carson writes, At the individual level, this peace secures composure in the midst of trouble and dissolves fear. As the final injunction that Jesus gives the disciples, let not your hearts be troubled, demonstrates. This is the peace which garrisons our hearts and minds against the invasion of anxiety and rules and arbitrates in the hearts of God's people to maintain harmony among them. That's a mouthful, but think about all that he's saying because it's borne out in Scripture. That this peace that Jesus gives secures composure in the midst of trouble. What does that mean? It means to be secure despite everything that comes against you in life. Disease issues, job issues, relationship issues. You're secure because God holds you. Number two, it dissolves fear. When Scripture says, do not be anxious, it's a command. It's a weird command when you think about it. Do not be anxious. What? How can I, not, how can I choose to not have anxiety? Well, if you were just trying to choose it, you'd fail utterly. But when Scripture says that, it's saying, do not have anxiety because you've chosen peace. Because you've chosen that peace which the Lord alone can give. And so when D.A. Carson says that peace garrisons our hearts and minds, and I love that phrase, it's this idea that that peace of God guards us in mind and in heart. It's in the blessing that I give to you almost every Sunday. Have you caught it? The peace of God which passeth or passes all understanding Guard or keep your minds and your hearts in the knowledge and love of Christ. Why is that something the church reminds us every Sunday, practically? Because we need it. We need it bad. We need that reminder that we can choose to have that peace and be guarded in heart and mind. It's not something we can attain, notice, but it's something promised that we can choose to have. And we lack that peace because we don't ask for it. We don't push into it. We distract ourselves instead. Back to social media. Why is it that so many people get anxiety and depression from so social media? Well, I think 
studies are going to come out to show all the details of why. Some people say it's because we can't process that much. Other people say that the human mind is not able to empathize enough or be, you know, we get jerked around in our emotions when we scroll. I think all that's probably true. There's probably more to it even. But most importantly, it's because we don't allow for stillness in our culture. We need stillness. Human beings need silence so that the Christian can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you doubt me, think about it. Just leave your phone in the car when you go into a doctor's office. Or leave your phone in the car during a certain part of your week and, and, and see how often you grab for it. You want to pull it out and it's not there. That is addiction. That is blocking peace. Now, that, don't misunderstand me. This sermon is not against social media and, and phones, although I think they're a real problem. It just happens to be the presenting point of the problem right now in our day and age. You could say the same thing about the news, the 24-hour news cycle. You could say the same thing about people avidly reading the newspaper. You could say the same thing about people busying themselves with all sorts of things so that they don't have time to hear God. They don't have time to push into the Holy Spirit. Friends, if you don't have time, you're never going to have this peace. Stop and listen. Meditate. Read His Word. Bring things to Him in prayer. See how your anxiety will melt away because of the Holy Spirit working in you. It'll happen. I promise you. We're starving for this peace. And yet, we choose to starve ourselves. But Jesus promises peace. Peace I leave with you. If you are a Christian, you have this peace. You have the Holy Spirit. You have access to it. You have that very third person of the Trinity working in you. And yet, do you listen to Him? Do you let Him guard your heart and mind? Or do you have a troubled heart walking around? I challenge you, go forth with this peace. Not because you will it, but because you accept it. Because you make room for it. Because it is God's desire for you as you walk for your days. And I want to ask you to join with me and pray a prayer that I found powerful from the Book of Common Prayer that deals with this. Open up to page 670 and we'll end the sermon with this. Look at collect number 82 for quiet confidence. For quiet confidence. Some of you are nodding. You say you've, you've prayed this before. Good. Here's your assignment, your homework for the week. Pray this every day. See if it changes things. Maybe pray it when you feel like picking up your phone. Let's pray it together. O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved, in quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of Thy Spirit, lift us, we pray Thee, to Thy presence, 
that we may be still and know that Thou art God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.